Go back with me over to Isaiah 7. And look at verse 14 again. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive. And how many know that's a pretty cool sign? And give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And in Matthew 1.23, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Say it with me. It's God with us, God in us, and God for us. The Bible says if God be for you, well, think about it. If God's against you, just go ahead and ship your saddle home. You're done. Amen? But aren't you glad he's for you? Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And we've talked about all these names, including Emmanuel, and today I want to talk to you about the Prince of Peace. And I'm always excited about this because I understand the practical implications of you having a relationship with the Prince of Peace in your life. Scripture tells us in Isaiah 59a, the way of peace they do not know. Do you know there are millions of people out there that don't know this way? And today, if you don't know the way of peace or how to walk in peace or how to cultivate that peace, I pray you walk out of this door uh, starting to do that and live your best life that you've ever had. It's going to be your greatest year, not your worst year. Don't you let the news and don't you let other people define what's going to happen for you in the coming year. You make up your mind, you're going to walk in the fullness of what the Prince of Peace has for you in this life. Scripture says in Micah 5.5, 5, He is our peace. And Ephesians 2.14 echoes that. For He Himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in His flesh the dividing wall of hostility. How can I have peace? You have your peace because He's the one that brings it. Amen. He is the peace bringer. This is prophesied and spoken of in Luke chapter 2, verse 14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill. What? Toward men. And before I explain it to you, let me read it from the NIV. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The contemporary English version puts it like this and really is an, an eye-opening way to see this scripture. Praise God in heaven, peace on earth to everyone who pleases God. What does this tell you? It tells you that peace is available. This scripture is not about world peace. It's not about absence of war. It's about people having peace with God because of what Jesus came to do. And when you see this thing generalized, you know, to what the world is doing, well, there'll be peace one day. There will be literal peace in this world when Jesus puts his foot down on the Mount of Olives. Amen. He will do away with war. He'll do away with all enemies. But this is not what God's talking about. This is about the war that's been going on between God and people since the rebellion. And he came to bring peace to you and to me. Aren't you glad you can have peace with him? Now, how does that work? It means that peace with God is available and his favor is available that take it. How many glad you took his peace? Well, that means you're favored of God. Say it with me. I am favored of God. Come on, declare the favor of God rests on me right now. Let me talk about that word prince, first of all, of prince of peace. The entire phrase in the Hebrew is shar shalom. And it means the one with the power or authority who removes all peace-disturbing factors and secures the peace. He's the possessor and the dispenser of peace. <laughs> Aren't you glad he's in charge of that? Listen to this again. He's the one with the authority and power to remove all peace-disturbing factors and secures the peace. 
I believe God's about to remove all those peace-disturbing factors in your life. Wouldn't it be okay if you started today? Those things that are bugging you and robbing you of your peace, you just say, well, i got to put up with them. No, that's how the world thinks. That's how religion thinks. You don't have to put up with anything Jesus' blood comes to smite. He removes those disturbing things from your life. Peace, we understand, especially if you've been in this church like uh, two days, comes from the word shalom. And it means quietness and contentment. It means to be undisturbed and at rest. It means tranquility of mind that comes with the awareness of a right relationship with God. How many you know there's nothing greater than to know that if you went home to be with the Lord tonight in the middle of your sleep, you could put your head down knowing that you're right with God. There's nothing between you and him. Your sin is forgiven. Amen. All you're doing is going through a, a corridor into eternity, into the presence of God, absent from the body, present with the Lord. How much is that peace of mind worth? See, if you're in the body of Christ, you kind of take it for granted. But there are millions, no, billions of people out there that don't have that confidence. There are people in this town that don't have their confidence because their religion is man-made and it's based on works. And if their good works outweigh their bad works, they just might squeak into heaven when they die. It's not about your works. You could never do enough to get you in to God's peace. Jesus did that. Now what your job is to embrace the way and the manner that God has given us that peace. Through his son. Aren't you glad for that? You and I can have that peace. It starts with the awareness of a right relationship with God. I tell you, it's the most precious gift you can have. It means wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. Come on, say this with me out loud. Wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. Well, I don't understand that, Pastor, because, you know, if this were true, then, then why is Mayfield so busted up? And why do people get carried off by a tornado and killed? And why are all these businesses destroyed and these homes destroyed? And I just can't believe you're going to preach, you know, healing to people who are sick. Or you're going to preach, you know, you know, protection to people who've been affected by a storm. Or you're going to preach about nothing missing, nothing broken in the midst of so much chaos. Can I tell you something? That's exactly what the devil wants you to think. But when these things happen, they need to be preached all the more. In the face of sickness, you preach healing. In the face of poverty, you preach abundance. In the face of destruction, you preach restoration. In the face of people going and being destroyed by some storm, you preach protection. We don't preach in response to the world. We preach the word of God regardless of what's going on in the world so they can deal with what's happening in this world. What people need right now affected by this storm is not the world's pity or sympathy, and it's not some Christian religion. They need the Word of God. They need to know they can recover from this thing, and in Him they can. But not if we all decide to preach our messages based on what people are going through. No, we're called to preach the uncompromised Word of God, because that therein lies the power to change things that are happening. Say it with me, wholeness, completeness. Nothing missing, nothing broken. If I preach the Prince of Peace correctly, and if I preach Shalom correctly, what will happen is your faith will rise today to believe God for the benefits of that peace. That's why it must be preached. It's not disrespectful to people who are going through things. I could take a poll right now, and you'd be going through something. Now, some of y'all have been going through it for 30 years. It's time to go through it. Just... 
when you're going through, amen, the shadow of the valley of death, you do not buy a condo. You do not pitch a tent. Amen? <laughs> it's important to understand, culturally, if you were to walk the streets of, of anywhere in Israel, you'd, you would probably hear somebody tell you shalom. You'd hear Shabbat shalom. Uh, much like you might say, hello, how are you doing? Unfortunately for some Jews, it's become that culturally, uh, the best word for it is carnal, because they're just trying to say hi and they're greeting them in the way they've been trained to do it. It's kind of like this. Uh, you probably grew up hearing somebody, if you sneeze, say to you what? Bless you or God bless you. And it flew right over our heads what that actually meant. When somebody sneezes, it became just common to say, bless you without a thought for what it really means biblically. But when you say, bless you, or God bless you, you're saying, God empower you to prosper. Amen. Say it with me, empowered Empower. to prosper. So you can see that our, our, our natural response to a sneeze does not take in the full meaning of what the Bible teaches about the blessing. And just greeting somebody like you're saying hello with the word shalom is not at all the, the full intent of what that word is. And so if you're going to understand the prince of peace, you've got to understand what peace actually is. Jerry Savelle taught his grandchildren from the time they could you know, barely breathe, you know, just as soon as they came out of the womb, that they're blessed, they're empowered to prosper. And so whenever one of his little boys, his grandsons would would sneeze, he would just say, empowered to prosper, empowered to prosper. This kid was about four or five years old. And then one time he sneezed, and Jerry did not say, empowered to prosper. And he said, Paul, 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 what, what? You didn't say, empowered to prosper. You need to say, empowered to prosper. So he said it, empowered to prosper, amen. Say it with me, empowered, empowered. to prosper. Now, some of y'all will never sneeze the same way again. <laughs> and it's okay for you to say it to yourself. Amen. <laughs> amen. Some of you are like chain sneezers. When you sneeze, you keep sneezing and sneezing and sneezing and sneezing and sneezing. From now on, you need to say empowered to prosper for every sneeze. Amen. Yes, amen. Moving right along. Glory to God. Shalom is not just a greeting. It conveys a sense of tranquility and wholeness and completion. Shalom includes such benefits as health, satisfaction, success, safety, and prosperity. What a loaded word that is. Amen. We know the blessing is of empowerment of God for you to succeed. We know that shalom, and when you really understand it and you're actually greeting somebody with that word, what you're doing is saying, you know what? I want to see you have health, satisfaction, success, safety, and prosperity in your life. It's different when you understand what it means. So what does the Prince of Peace bring? <laughs> Wholeness soundness, nothing missing, nothing broken in every area of your life. Regardless of your starting point, regardless of what you're going through, the promise is still the same. Write this down. The prince provides peace, first of all, in your spirit. That means getting right with God. Peace is not a state of the emotions. I always was a big Eagles fan, but peace is not an easy feeling. It's not an emotion. It certainly affects the emotions. But peace is a state of the spirit primarily that affects the body and the soul. Say that with me. Peace is a state of the spirit 
that affects the body and the soul. And your soul is made up of what today, church? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. But it's primarily a state of the spirit. And when does that peace come into play? When do you get to enjoy that? The day you get born again is the first day of real peace you ever had. And if you're not born again right now, if you don't have 100% confidence if you died, you'd go to spend eternity with the Lord. You've never known that peace because you've never been born again. You know, church attendance won't get it. Membership won't get it. Attending a church won't get it. You have to have a relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ. That's your first day of peace. The good news is your first day can be like your second day, and your third day, and your fourth day. You can have peace every single day of your life when your relationship with God is right. Stray from him and your peace will diminish. Stay close to him and your peace will stay intact. Not only does it affect your spirit, it affects your body. Say, is that going to happen? One day you're going to have perfect peace in your body. One day you're going to have a perfect body. Amen. For now you're stuck with what you got. With this caveat, peace means when there is an issue in your health, you can expect God to bring that back to wholeness. When there's something going on physically against you, you can expect God to, you know, move on your behalf. Because healing is in the atonement. When he shed his blood, it was for forgiveness, and it was for restoration also of your body. Why? He wants you to live out your days. Let me try that again. He wants you to live out your days. He wants you to accomplish what he's put you on this earth to accomplish. You're not here by accident. I don't care how, what kind of crazy way you got into this earth. Amen? Some of you were planned. Most of you were not. And we'll just leave it right there. But you know who did have a plan for you and who, had, who does have a plan for you? The Lord has a plan for you. So your body not working right? It's not moving right. It's not functioning right. You can expect the Lord to bring back wholeness and soundness physically so you can do what you're called to do. Are you here today? One day you'll have a flesh that's not corruptible. One day you'll have a flesh like Jesus' flesh. We'll never have a disease. Amen. We'll never have an issue. We'll not crackle, creak, or pop. Amen? Perfect. As he is perfect. What a day that is. But until then, what we need to do is get a hold of what the word of God teaches and understand what it means that he himself carried our infirmities and bore our sicknesses and by his stripes we were healed. We don't sit back and say, well, I have this, so this must be God's will. No, that's like saying, well, I committed a sin. That must be God's will. No. You face this thing with full confidence that the Prince of Peace can do something about that situation that you're in. And you can live, amen, victoriously, even in the physical realm. Uh, there's no condemnation for us. You're in a fallen world, in a fallen situation. But God has a way of restoring you, even in your physical body, to a place of peace. Raise your hand if you've ever been touched by God physically. You know that you know that you know. You know, uh, when, you, when you're the pastor and you have the pulpit today, you get to say what you want. Amen? <laughs> In other words, you know, I, I sense the Holy Spirit prompting I'm going to say something, but 
about 1980, around Christmas time, that my dad had a, I don't know, a dozen different symptoms, you know, problems with his eyes, rash all over his body, joints were hurting, all kinds of issues. And, uh, you know, uh, family doctor, uh, real sharp uh, fellow who's retired now, but he knew that I'm not going to treat all these different symptoms. I'm going to find out what's going on with this body. And uh, sent him to St. Louis, where they happened to be doing the lead research in that particular area. Now, since then, just like any disease, uh, medicine has begun to address issues like, in his case, a disease called Wagner's disease. But when they took him to St. Louis, they found a tumor in, his, uh, in the lower left lobe of his lung. And uh, when, i never forget this, when the surgeon came out, he basically said this, it's a 50% chance, it's a very aggressive form of lung cancer, a very deadly form of cancer or it's a disease called Wegner's disease. Well, what's the prognosis for that? At that time, no one had ever survived that disease. I mean, you know, that's not good news. Uh, I always thought his rash had something to do with the poinsettias. We had poinsettias in our house. That I don't know why, but we had live poinsettias. And I always equate this, you equate this whole story with poinsettias. And maybe those things had something to do with, with him not feeling well. To this day, when I see somebody bring a poinsettia by, I just, I, I can't help but think about this story. But in a different way. Well, he had surgery, and uh, they pulled that, uh, that part of the lung out. And uh, everybody say 1980. And, uh, and they tested it. It wasn't cancer. That's good news. But guess what it was? The disease where no one had ever survived. But people all over the country started praying for him. People like my crazy sister. <laughs> and uh, it's now 2022. At the, at the risk of feeling old right now, how many years is that? 41, almost 42 years that the Prince of Peace, amen, has kept him physically despite a death sentence issued by the experts in that field. Now, how much does God care? This, this is the other part of the story that's kind of tickled me because when they moved here, they need somebody to continue to track that thing and make sure that everything's working like it's supposed to. And they, they're like, where are we supposed to go? They find a doctor in Paducah who trained directly under the lead physician that he had all those years ago. You can say these are just coincidences. No, they're not. It's the blessing of God. It's the Prince of Peace in action. Look at somebody and tell them it's the Prince of Peace in action, baby. He's the captain. He's the Shar Shalom. He's the one that has it. He's the one that possesses it. So he is the one that can what? Dispense it. I don't know if you need it today or not. If you need physical restoration, dispense, then put your confidence and trust in him. He is the healer. He is the restorer. The third area where the prince provides is peace in your soul. Let's start with your mind. It means freedom from anxiety in your mind. Aren't you glad for that? What a priceless gift that is. When you see how many, just millions of people are on all kinds of drugs trying to compensate for a lack of anxiety in their mind. Let me tell you something. There's nothing like having the Prince of Peace go to work and calm you and rest you. Didn't anyone that said to come unto him, all you the labor and are heaven laden? What are you saying? I will give you. I will give you what? The Prince of Peace is saying, I will give you rest. 
in your will that means free from confusion. No second-guessing yourself all the time. No lack of confidence in your choosing or deciding. Do you know that you can pick up the mind of God and the will of God and choose in that direction and not walk around confused? Because of the Prince of Peace. He's giving you peace in your will. Third, in terms of your emotions, freedom from the control of your emotions. As a pastor, I'll tell you that the number one need in the body of Christ is for the Prince of Peace to do a number on the emotions of Christians. Because it is the one last area where people are still letting dominate their life. If they get angry, then they yield to it. If they get mad, they yield to it. Amen? If they get offended, they yield to it. If they get jealous, they yield to it. Listen, you don't have your emotions to run your life. They're to experience life. But then step back and say, you know what? I'm not going to do what you want me to do. Emotions are pushy. Emotions are bullies. You're supposed to be following the Lord Jesus Christ. I tell you, this is the, if you can get this this year, if you can put emotions back where they're supposed to be, you're going to have a victorious year. It, emotions will say, well, you know, they don't really think that much about me in terms of, you know, the ministry, so I'm just not going to do what I'm called to do anymore. They don't really see me. They don't care about me. I don't know if I'm there or not. It doesn't matter. No, you get, you get down and get depressed and get discouraged and start taking your, your commands from your emotions, you're going to be in trouble. Amen. Say, why is this such a stronghold? Because we've been taught to do this all our lives. And we reinforce it with however you feel. That's what you should do. Follow your heart. No, you should follow the word of God. Amen. Amen. When I think about Christmas time and I think about all that goes in, just the normal programming of church, whether it's decorating or whether it's putting music together or Christmas Eve service, I tell you, it always amazes me the, the people that are faithful to make that happen. That's what impresses God. Turn to somebody and tell them faithfulness impresses God. That's how he builds the church, on faithful people. Look at somebody and tell them, faithful, boring people. That's how he builds his church. <laughs> peace is not a feeling, but feeling is a byproduct of peace. If you have the peace, your emotions will be in check. If you don't, your emotions will rule you. This is a great time of the year for you just to be honest about yourself. How have you been doing this? And let the Prince of Peace restore that sense of, of order in your emotional life. Won't that be wonderful, amen? To react appropriately. To deal with things appropriately in your life. You know, it's no question that, that sin is abounding right now in this land. Isn't it? Scripture says when sin abounds, what happens? Grace much more abounds. Watch this. When sin abounds and its consequences, huh? grace abounds all that much more. But there's a consequence to grace as well. And that is peace in your life. Say it with me. Peace in my mind. Peace in my body. Peace in my soul. In my emotions. In my spirit. In my will. Peace. The Prince of Peace. Well, Pastor, I just thought it made for a nice Christmas card. Now, the Prince of Peace doesn't exist so you can have a Christmas card. So that you can have peace where it counts. Amen? Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Hallelujah. 
This is your year. Broken things are fixing. Amen? Things that are missing are coming back in Jesus' name. This is your year. He's going to do something new for you in 2022. You lay hold of it in Jesus' name. You pine over what's lost or what's broken or what's messed up. God is doing a new thing in you. I hear this by the Spirit of God. There's some in this room right now and watching online. You have run your entire Christian life based on your feelings. You're being delivered from that even today. You're going to be the most stable believer in the house next year. Those old tricks aren't working on you anymore. Aren't you glad for that? Turn around and tell someone, I love the Prince of Peace. He's working peace in my life. Amen. He gives us the opportunity, and the Word tells us how to actually cultivate this peace every day in your life. I want you to write these five things down, and you go to practicing these in your life. Shouldn't be a surprise if you're going to get this thing going, you're going to have to accept the Prince of Peace. Amen. You're here today and you're living your life the way you want to. You've never given your life to Christ, but you want that peace. You stop doing that right now and start living for him. Accept the Prince of Peace. He said in his word, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be what? Afraid. Listen, if your heart is troubled and you're afraid, it's proof that you're not walking in God's peace. What kind of peace do I have? Circumstantial peace. Peace is based on what's happening and how I feel. But the peace that God gives causes you to have a heart that is, that is steadfast and a heart that is delivered from fear. You're not supposed to have peace one day a year. Or just when you go to a church service and you feel better. I get that. I remember going to church as a kid and I never understood it. But I actually felt better walking out of church than when I went in. I know people who walk in church and feel much worse when they leave. Sometimes because of conviction. Amen. And sometimes they're going through things. But I remember even as a little kid going to a church, you know, a denominational church, and actually feeling better. And I thought to myself one time, you know what, it'd be kind of nice to feel this way every day. The problem is you can't just make the church the basis of your peace. It has to be the Lord himself as the basis of your peace. I began to understand that later in life. But the principle is you should have this every single day. The world's peace is based on circumstances and is fleeting. Our peace is based in the word of God, in Jesus Christ, and it is permanent. Come on, everybody lift a hand up and say, permanent peace for me. Every single day. Glory to God. Number two, love for the word of God. Psalm 119, 165 says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing can make them stumble, or nothing shall offend them. Great peace for those who what? Who love the word. You're in the word. You spend time in the word. You study the word. You meditate on the word. You're, you're actually, you know, memorizing scriptures. This is something you love to do every single day, and the result is great peace in your life. Amen. And nothing shall cause them to be offended. Whenever you find a Christian who gets offended, well, you know, they didn't shake my hand, or, 
or, well, you know, they didn't return my email, or, or well, you know, they were picking people for a team or a ministry, and, and I didn't get to be one of them. And you know what it tells me when you can get offended easily is you're not spending much time in the Word of God. Because you can become a person that cannot be offended if you spend enough time in the Word of God. But when you're constantly in turmoil, offended at people over the stupidest stuff, all that means is you don't have much great love for the Word of God. Because if you did, you'd have the strength to let that stuff go. Nothing can make them offended. Nothing can cause them to stumble. The Berean Bible says this, Abundant peace belongs to those who love your instruction, and nothing can make them stumble. Turn to somebody and tell them, Nothing can make you stumble. When you love the word. What does that mean, Pastor? It, it means very simply this. There are a lot of people on fire for God. They love God. They want to do things for God. They want to cast out devils, raise the dead, heal the sick. But they're still immature emotionally. The only thing that's going to drive that out is the precious principles of the word of God. When you spend that time, it matures you, it sanctifies you. And more in the past, you would be this on fire for God Christian. See, here's the mystery, because sometimes you'll look at somebody who's on fire for God, but they have the emotional intelligence and matured as a, as a five-year-old. Why is that? Because they're not going as deep as they possibly could. They're not letting the word take full reign in their life. So they spend their life offended. Listen very, very carefully as you go into a new year. I have never yet met a Christian who made a decision in offense where it did not immediately cause their spiritual life to fall apart. Not one. Stay in the Word of God this year. Amen? Stay in the Word of God. Number three, a God-focused life. A God-in-you consciousness. A God-focused life. Isaiah 26, 3, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in you. Keep your thoughts on him constantly throughout the day and you'll have peace every single day. Every day, uh, someone will try to come in there and rob you of your peace and get you to go down the wrong path mentally. But keep your God consciousness, God in me consciousness all day long. Focus on him. Think about him. Turn to somebody and tell them, think about him. If you're thinking about him, you're thinking about yourself less. I mean, well, that's a good thing. Thinking about him. What does he think about this? I wonder what God will say about this. I'll just take some time here and I'll just praise him and thank him and honor him. Amen. He'll not have the praises of his people. I'm one of his people. He's going to fellowship with me. Glory to God. I promise you, if you do that tomorrow, you'll have one of the best days you've ever had. And don't expect, you know, for the world to stand by and for others just to sit there and clap for you. No, there's going to be a challenge to it. Amen. But just put your mind right back on him and have a God in you consciousness. Number four, the prayer habit is a pathway to peace every day in your life. Say it with me, the prayer habit. In Philippians 4, 6, and 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And watch this. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So what do I do? I've got prayer. I've got petition. I've got thanksgiving. And what's the fruit? Peace. Say it with me. Prayer, petition, thanksgiving, 
produces peace. Come on, shout it out with me. Prayer, Prayer. petition, Petition. with thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. produces Produces. peace. Peace. Now watch this. How many would like those prayers to be answered? You don't get the peace when you get the answer. There are too many people that will all be peaceful when I see the breakthrough or I'll see the result. No, you get the peace when you do the praying and the supplicating and the petitioning and the thanksgiving. That's when you get the peace. Now, I mean, oh, God is faithful to his word. And I uh, often will remind people when they're in a faith battle, but, you know, the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. Now, if you're a faith person, what you've done mentally from time to time is you have said to yourself, well, when I see the result of my faith, that will please God. No, God's not pleased by your result. God is pleased with what? We're pleased with the result. If I am praying for a deliverance or a healing, guess what? When the result comes, I am pleased. But what pleased the Lord was that I had enough faith to ask him. It's the faith that pleases God. And it's the same principle here. If you have prayer and petition and thanksgiving, you'll have peace. Not when you get the result, but when you pray. Amen. Glory to God. Look at somebody and tell them the prayer habit. Say it again, the prayer habit. You want to have peace? Uh, There's the key right there. I don't know. I ain't got time to pray. Well, then you don't have time for peace. I don't have time to read the Bible. Then you have time for peace. Amen? In today's world, there's plenty of time. You just have to prioritize it. God will honor that. Accept that Prince of Peace. Love the Word of God. Have a God-focused life. Develop a prayer habit. Number four, the Spirit-infused and directed life. We're not supposed to be led by the flesh. We're supposed to be led by what? The Spirit of God. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The Bible says you'll go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands, Isaiah 55, 12. And Galatians 5, 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. When you stay in step with the Spirit, it produces peace. Follow your flesh, it'll take you out of peace. Um, It's one of the simplest ways for you to know if you're about to make a stupid mistake or not. Follow the peace of God. Don't follow the money. Don't follow the people. Don't follow relationships. Follow the peace. I have never regretted stopping when I felt a check in my spirit. The only times I've ever regretted something since walking with God is when the check was there and I just decided to run over it anyway. Does that make sense? He's not a God that's going to hide his plain will for you. But you've got to be spirit-directed. And all these other voices are calling for you and telling you why this is the way walk in. No, you'll hear way behind you. The Bible says the Spirit of God. Walk ye what? Walk ye in it. You don't need to be out there making something happen, especially right now. Be led of the Holy Ghost, and you'll have peace. In fact, listen carefully. He doesn't promise you peace if you set your own way. 
Peace comes in following and staying in step with the Spirit of God. That's why a lot of Christians are born again, spirit-filled on the way to heaven, but miserable. Because every day they lead their own lives instead of letting the Lord lead and guide and direct them. Amen. A spirit-infused life. If you stay in step with the Spirit of God, it's going to produce the fruit like peace. Amen. And look at somebody in town. Peace is powerful. How many could use a little more peace in your life? Come on, raise your hand if you could use a little more peace. Man, I don't know whatever it is. Maybe it's in the body. Maybe it's in the mind. Maybe it's in your will. Maybe it's in your emotions. You know, maybe you just need to, to shore up your relationship with God because it's that confidence that gives you that peace. Amen? How can you have peace when every day you're wondering if you're going to go to hell because of the way you're acting? I'll just move right along from there. Amen? <laughs> But I want you to stand to your feet today, and we just want to pray over these things. Let's give him a hand clap if you can receive that.